What's up then, listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the Keg NFL podcast. Host as usual, Midge, alongside me, my co-host, the Keg. What's up, guys? And joining us today for our off-season talk episode for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we have James joining us today. How are we doing today, James? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Doing all good, sir. All good. Thank you very much. Uh, James, just before we begin, just so for our listeners, I'll let you explain your socials and all the pages you work for in terms of related to Tampa Bay and and yourself as well. So I'll let you have the floor of that to explain to our listeners. Okay, yeah. I am the deputy editor of BucksNation.com. That is a branch of SB Nation where we cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then David Harrison and I co-host the Locked on Bucks podcast. It's a daily podcast Monday through Friday about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then on Twitter at JayYarko underscore Bucks. And then I also run the at Bucks underscore Nation account. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff, James. And obviously SB Nation, everyone. Should very much heard of. They've always got great content, and definitely James and his team have got some great stuff in there. So, guys, I'll be making sure to put all the links and everything for the socials when we post this episode. Now, James, let's get right into it and talk some Tampa Bay. Now, it seems a pretty easy one with this. Obviously, you know, you're going to get one winner a year. Obviously, you guys ended up winning the Super Bowl <laughs> last year. It's quite an easy one to talk about. Obviously, the main talking point before the season started, obviously, number 12 coming to town and really. I mean, his presence and everything that he has done obviously just showed an effect. And they're not being funny. I don't think either. I mean, maybe some optimistic Tampa fans maybe thought they had a chance, at least in the playoffs. But I, I can't imagine a lot of them thought that you would have gone through the playoffs, stormed through the playoffs, and then completely uh, obliterated the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl in Tampa. Like, if you ever told them that situation before the season started, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot, not a lot of people would have um, believed that themselves. So, you know... You know, you now got a second Super Bowl title in Tampa. It's obviously uh, Brady's seventh. I mean, for a 40, you know, 40 plus year old quarterback, it's some of the best stats we've ever seen. You know, 40, 40 touchdown season. You know, you're top 10 in both fight, uh, offense and defense. Defense was just unbelievable, especially come playoff time. They just clicked a switch, it seemed like, and they were just absolutely on fire. I mean, from a fan's perspective, obviously, you were covering. It must have been amazing to cover. I mean, how, how did you find the season? Obviously, it's been, been amazing, but in terms of covering it, how, how was it? I mean, honestly, it was a bit of a roller coaster. I mean, if you remember at one point, the Buccaneers were seven and five. They had lost three out of four, including to the Saints and to the Chiefs. Um, so there was a lot of doubt creeping in among Bucks fandom that, you know, what is what is going on? They They brought in Antonio Brown, but all of a sudden Tom Brady can't hit the deep ball. They can't get anything going. They can't make any stops on defense. Uh, Tyreek Hill had, you know, a season's worth of production in one quarter against the, uh, the Kansas city chiefs, you know, then they, they hit that bye week and things really started to click. They, they had some, um, some good fortune on the side of Minnesota special teams struggling so bad coming out of that bye week. And then that comeback against the Atlanta Falcons really started to spark some things. And once they got into the playoffs, then it was a matter of, okay, you get past Washington. And I kept referring to the saints game in the divisional round as the catalyst that was going to be this team's version of the 2002 team beating the Eagles in the NFC championship. That was that hurdle that they couldn't get over. And once they did, I was like, 
that's it. I, I'm not scared of the Packers. I'm not scared of the Chiefs. This Buccaneers team figured it out. They they got over that hump, and I don't think there's any stopping them. So it was it was really a lot of fun watching this team grow and develop because without that offseason, you didn't get to see anything going on in training camp. You had that abbreviated training camp, no preseason, and they were learning as they went, and finally everything clicked in that last quarter of the season. Yeah, I mean – and that was it was real promising as well. I mean, touch upon your draft pick for last year. I mean, he was actually rated the second best right tackle in the NFL. Yeah, uh, worth. So you know, it's, it's promising. I mean, look to move him to left tackle sort of next season. Is that a, the plan with him or? No, actually, uh, today, Donovan Smith got a two-year extension, right. so he will be the left tackle for the next three years, uh, freed up $10 million in cap space, which they then turned around and flipped and brought back in Dominican Sue. So Sue was the final starter on the defensive side of the ball that had not returned. They got the deal done with Levante. They got the deal done with Shaq Barrett. Uh, and then they they now have in Dominican Sue coming back because of the extension with Donovan Smith. And Smith is one of those guys that has gotten a lot of hate from Buccaneers fans um, because of some struggles that he's had on the left side of, of that offensive line. And there's no questioning that, but this year we saw him get better. We saw him continue to grow and Tom Brady absolutely adores Donovan Smith. So, you know, that's a guy that they wanted to bring back. I still think they're going to try to work on an extension for Ryan Jensen, the center, another guy that Brady absolutely loves. And that'll continue to free up some more cap space. Once they start to restructure some things, Mike Greenberg and Jason light have done such an amazing job. I mean, this is a team that started off in the red as far as cap room and now all of a sudden they bring back Shaq they franchise Godwin uh they're still they've been in talks with Leonard Fournette's agents uh for the past almost week they're still talking to Antonio Brown and and AB had an Instagram video earlier this week talking about we're going to work it out so I this is a this is a a team that is looking to bring back everybody that just won a Super Bowl it's incredible to watch them work yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, they've literally re-signed everyone except, as you say, Leonard Fournette, which they're working with, and Antonio Brown as well. But you know, I don't see that as a major, you know, point anyway. But I mean, just touching on that playoff, that playoff run. I mean, we're we're Falcons fans, so obviously yeah. the Buccaneers vs the Saints is not a game that we're, uh, you know, overly <laughs> looking forward it's to. But obviously, we were cheering, <laughs> we were cheering Tampa Bay on because we we prefer you a lot more to the Saints. Um, but you know, just an excellent performance there. I mean, you. Destroyed Breeze, like you know, three interceptions, wasn't it? And yeah, you know, that just yeah. that on the defensive side, it was just superb. I mean, Devin White was sort of my favorite player throughout the playoffs. I thought he was excellent, but yeah, it's amazing. He led the you know, all players in the postseason in tackles, and he missed the wild card game because yeah. he was still <laughs> under the COVID protocol. So, you know, obviously, he got Same. to play a lot more than, than some other guys. But still, to miss a game in the postseason and still end up the leading tackler, he's still having to compete against Levante David, who, as you guys know, he's always around the football. And and Devin White is just such an amazing athlete. He really he's my son's favorite player, even more so than than Tom Brady. Um, You know, my son is a is a hockey player and his first choice in number is 86 because his hero is Kucherov. But after that, he said, if he can't have 86, he wants 45 because of Devin White. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, as much as it hates the pain, obviously saying that he is a a special type of player. And obviously, there's a lot of hype. There was a lot of hype around him in the draft when you picked him at fifth overall, you know, at LSU. And he's just lived Mm -hmm. up to the billing. Like, he is such a 
difference maker. Yes, you've got some playmakers on this defense, no question. Obviously, we can get into, I mean, even Anton Winfield had an amazing rookie year. You know, arguably should have been the defensive rookie of the year. But Devin White is such a special guy. Like, he can, whatever they want him to do, he can do it. He can blitz a passer. He can cover. He can he can run this. He can do this. He, he is he is everywhere. And him and Levante David are definitely, arguably, if not to me, the best linebacker pairing. You can't it must be hard to try and attack because they can beat you in so many ways, like this defense. And like you just mentioned, they've resigned pretty much everyone. And, and, you know, that pass rush, pass rush with Shaq Barrett and J and JPP, you know, it was just, it was a force to be reckoned with. Like it seemed like in the playoffs, like, like you said, after the bye week, but the playoffs, it seemed just the defense just, just took off on another level. And obviously, I mean, you just absolutely trounced the chiefs, you know, in, in, when it came up to the dance in, in the Super Bowl, So, I mean, it's it's unbelievable, really, you know, and and the fact that you've kept some of these players. Um, we'll put it this way: we we don't want to be playing you again twice a year, you know, because you've basically <laughs> got the exact same exact same team. So, pass interference, defense, spot of the foul. It's so difficult. I mean, if we looked at sort of around everything else, I mean, other than do you, do you see the deals for Leonard Fournette and, and Antonio Brown? probably happening or do you think it'll be one or the other or how, how do you see how do you think it'll play out I mean Jason Litch has done a fantastic job but do you think it might come up a little bit short or do you think he will re-sign them guys I if I had to bet on it I would say Antonio Brown is back but Leonard Fournette is not um it won't surprise me at all if both of them do return but I think if it comes down to having to choose between one or the other, I think they're going to lean a little more towards Antonio Brown, the depth that, that provides a wide receiver. And, and he stepped up huge down the stretch as well during that eight game win streak. You, you saw it, as good as the Buccaneers offense was, they had injury issues with Mike Evans and with Chris Godwin. Uh, you know, Scotty Miller has battled some injuries in his first two years, but the versatility and the reliability that Antonio Brown brings to that offense I think is a little more important than what Leonard Fournette provided over over the stretch of the entire season now he had an incredible playoff run and he really stepped up when Ronald Jones first was was out with the COVID protocol and then went down with that quad injury but you're also talking about a team now that in my opinion is in the prime position in the NFL draft to take a running back in the first round. We don't see those first round running backs go very often anymore, but when you're picking in the, at the bottom of the draft, especially with the last pick, if you can snag a Travis Etienne or a Najee Harris out of Alabama, these guys that are, you know, great running backs, great catchers of the ball out of the backfield, and you get that fifth year option, I think that is more of the route that they could go, you know, bring back Antonio, but then bring in a compliment for Ronald Jones to be that pass catching back that James White type. You know, James White was a name that a lot of people were looking at as being potentially tied to the Bucs. Well, now he's back with New England, signs a one-year deal there. And let both Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones had trouble catching the ball out of the backfield. So you want to bring in a guy that can run between the tackles, can break outside, you know, use quickness, use speed, but can also catch the ball and be that pass receiving threat out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think you're absolutely primed to one of them guys. And if they do drop to you at 32, it's going to be dangerous because you're going to end up with, you know, a top 10 running back, potentially. You oh, know? absolutely. <clears throat> on cheap money. Yeah. I mean, if we touch on the cap, I mean, this isn't updated now because obviously you've done some work with bringing Sue in today. 
and Donovan Smith restructure. But I mean, you're probably still going to need to free up a little bit of money to make them re-signings and the draft. I mean, is there anyone that you could see moving on from? I mean, you know, you've got a few tight ends here that could sort of free up a bit of money. I mean, can you see them moving on from anyone? Uh, I I don't think they're going to try to move away from anyone, but there is some flexibility there if they need it. You take a look at OJ Howard. OJ Howard was having a fantastic year until he ruptured that Achilles. He's on his fifth year option. That could be somebody that a team sends a mid to late round draft pick for frees up about $6 million off of the salary cap. He has the opportunity now to really be the star because he's competing in a tight end room with Rob Gronkowski and Cameron Bright. On the flip side, you could see them try to move on from, from Cameron Bright, where you know he would free up a little more than $6 million in cap space if they were to cut him or to trade him. So they, they have a, uh, you know, a, a wealth of riches there over at the tight end group that they could move on from one of those guys if they needed to. I think we're looking more at the, the side of, extensions and restructures and voided voidable years at the end of contracts like i mentioned uh ryan jensen he's on the last year of his deal you got jason pierre paul on the last year of his deal you could look at some you know one or two year extensions for those for those guys tack on three or four voidable years at the end of that contract continue to borrow from your future self because with this salary cap being what it is you know, over the next couple of years, we're going to get more fans in the stands. You just had that ridiculous television deal yep. done, uh, you know, with ESPN, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, all these guys. That's going to play into this salary cap. So two years from now, we could be looking at a salary cap that's at $220 million versus the 182 and a half. So borrowing from those future years, it may seem like a big deal now, but down the line, it's probably really not going to to matter that much yeah i mean especially in a position you're in where you're win ready and you know you want to keep as many cards as you can you know like we've seen with um the saints contract for um oh, Taysom, Hill. Taysom hill you know of all the void years and a ridiculous oh, yeah. number yeah. that he's never going to get anywhere near getting so you know <laughs> some sort of creative deals like that to restructure and void years like you say i think is probably your best your best route like you say i mean if we touch upon any sort of other needs i mean are these re-signs? Is there anyone you can sort of see cheap guys on sort of like veteran minimums? Is there any sort of depth you need? Yeah, we had a call into our podcast the other day that brought up a name. Now, this was what if Indomitian Sue doesn't come back? Obviously, Sue is back. Yeah. But somebody that actually does make a little bit of sense to me as far as a depth position or a rotational role, which is something that he's probably reached in his career now, is Geno Atkins. Mm. To come yeah. in and play that kind of Steve McClendon role that they had this past year, Gino would make a lot of sense to be able to rotate in with Sue, Vita Vea, uh, Raheem Nunez, Roaches, and then you can tie Adkins in. I mean, the Bengals have moved on. He had a really terrible year last year, but the Bengals were a terrible team. I love Joe Burrow. You know, I think he's going to be one of the brightest young stars in the NFL, and they've done some great work there in Cincinnati of – you know, using free agency to build a line around him and, and try to protect him. But Geno Atkins is a guy that could be that that depth player that really makes a lot of sense. Somebody else that I think, and this is more of a, a personal wish than it is anything else, but to bring in someone like Larry Fitzgerald to add yeah. to the wide receiver core, reunite with Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and that coaching staff, you know, 
this would probably be if they don't bring back Antonio Brown, but you want to talk about somebody that if it's third and seven and you got to move the sticks, who in the NFL is more reliable on a play like that than Larry Fitzgerald? This is a guy that should be presented his gold hall of fame jacket at halftime of his final game. And I would love to see him play his whole career with the Arizona Cardinals, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen, especially with the addition of AJ green. So I would love to see Fitz in that kind of role player, you know, use him on third down. He's not going to get a ton of snaps, but he could certainly contribute to this offense. Yeah. I mean, that's a great shot. I mean, he's earned his money now as well. And he could go and try and oh, win yeah. this, win the ring. Like that's a, that's the beauty of your position this year. You've got, these veteran players that want to win, you know, they can sign for you and come play with you and Brady and, you know, yeah. really go for it. I, th- I think Larry Fitzgerald as well is like, I think if you're not a fan of Larry Fitzgerald, then I don't know why you're watching the sport because everyone exactly. loves Larry, every, everyone loves Larry Fitz. And I think, you know, if, he, if he's going to try and go somewhere to win a ring, then like you said, why not reunite with Bruce Arians and then get Brady, to, you know, get Brady to throw him the ball. You know, it just makes, it does make complete sense when you think about it like that, if he really wants that ring, because he hasn't, you know, got, bless him. I mean, he's only got, I mean, I can't remember the exact age, but you know, he, he's only got about, this could be his last year, if whoever right. he signs with, you know, so it could be a last chance saloon for him. So that's a really good shout. And I think like you said, apart from, yeah, apart from the Bengals, obviously Burrow going down last year, you know, Junior Atkins didn't have a great year at all. Um, and, you know, he was he was arguably, you know, when he was in his prime a few years ago, one of the best interior guys in, in, in the NFL. So if you could get him on a cheaper deal, it would make absolute sense. You know, why not Why not give it a go and see what Jason Lights can come up with there? Wouldn't be a bad option at all there. So whoever, whoever rung in there, that's a very that's a very niche name to put out there because, it, yeah, I mean, I can't see him signing for a load of money now. He's 33 years old. He's not going to get a massive contract now. He's probably just going to be going. I, I can't imagine it being a multi-year deal. It'll probably be like a one-year deal somewhere, depending where he ends up. Sure, sure, absolutely. Pass interference, defense, automatic first down. I mean, if we if we move on to the draft, then I mean, you've mentioned your sort of thoughts towards running back, and I think that's an excellent idea if they drop. But I also think that they could easily go a little bit early. I mean, would you be open to trading up for one of the running backs this year? Uh, I am more of a team trade back than a team trade up kind of guy, especially given this situation, because you look at it, you know, we've, we've already talked about it on the show. They're bringing back all 11 defensive starters. They have, you know, everyone but Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette from their offense under contract for this year. The Buccaneers are entering this NFL draft with no needs. They're drafting all depth. So, you take a look, you know, this could be the year where you pull the trigger on a quarterback to try to groom for the next two years under Tom Brady. You're not looking at the the Trevor Lawrence's or, or, you know, any of those guys, you could be looking at an Ian book out of Notre Dame as a guy that has so much raw talent and, and can be really good, but he's not a, a plug and play starter on day one. He's a guy that needs to sit back. He needs to watch, he needs to observe, he needs to learn. Um, so with the Buccaneers basically drafting all depth, you know, you're looking at some, some guys in the trenches, offensive and defensive line. You may be looking at another receiver. You may be looking at another running back based on what happens with playoff Lenny there, but you know, they, I, I don't, I don't see the need for them to trade up. Now, if there's a guy that they're in love with, you know, I trust Jason light to make the right decision on draft night and and get the guy that he feels is going to help this team long-term, but Last year, it was all the talk was which offensive tackle are the Buccaneers going to get? This year, it's all right. 
where are we building for the future? Because this team is built to win right now and they don't need anybody to come in and start for them right away. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the point. I think like there is plenty of quarterbacks that, you know, there's probably five that are going to go in the first round this year, but there's plenty a bit further down the line that you can go after and who better to learn from than Tom Brady at the end of the day. Exactly. I mean, another guy that I've seen mentioned a lot is uh, Christian Barmore. Obviously you're quite old in the inside, you know, Sue's getting on. He could potentially come in and sort of be a younger piece in there. Yeah, well, and of course, there's always the conversation about, um, you know, edge rushers. There's some some really good outside linebackers, edge guys that you can get on day two that can kind of work their way into the rotation. You, you still have Shaq Barrett there, JPP, Anthony Nelson, but you have these younger guys that can get in, start to get an idea as to how Todd Bowles kind of runs this defense. They can get a little bit of playing time, be some special teams kind of players. But again, you don't need them to be that immediate impact rookie. You can have them develop and kind of gradually get some playing time and, and get acclimated to the way this defense is oriented. Yeah, yeah. massively. I think, and like you say, I think that there's some, even just bar Brady, even if you draft a quarterback, whenever it may be, so I'm pretty sure that you know Jason Lawrence will probably trigger a quarterback at some point in this year's draft because he's. I think he's smart enough to think of the future as well. And like you say, you're in the best position. You've got everyone back, you know, bar bar a couple of people, pending what happens. So it just absolutely makes sense. And guys like, you know, there's a deep. I mean, you know, there's a lot of deep positions this year. I've seen. I mean, if if somehow someone like I mean, I've seen it on a couple of mocks, but I don't think he's going to fall to you at 32. But someone like Najee Harris at 32 would be. I think I'll cry because I just cannot <laughs> see. I want Najee. Like I'm, we're desperate. I mean, I'm desperate to trade down. Not I'm, at four. I'm sort of team trade down. Not at four, but <laughs> trade down and grab him. But I don't think he's going to be at 32. But like you say. You're in such a unique position where Jason Knights can just literally see what happens in front of him on draft night with his you know, with his team and be like, right, okay, see how it plays out. And, you know, you can literally pick up a definite guy that he reckons is going to be intentions for the future. And, you know, because obviously, you know, as much as Tom Brady seems like he's, you know, forever going to be playing, you know, in his, in his, you know, he's just been playing for years. He's going to come to a point where that's sort of going to stop. Obviously, a couple of other players are going to get older. So the fact that you can build now for a team that's in win now mode is actually quite rare because sometimes you just don't get that. You know, you, you, there is sometimes something I mean, happens in the off season. I mean, we've covered 20, this is the 26 team we've covered now on, uh, on this off season talks. And you're the one team that actually doesn't have a need. Yeah, like, you're the yeah. only team that yeah. we've come across that we're yeah. sort of going through, and you're like, uh, I don't know, well, you can take, you know, alignment maybe, but you've just re-signed you guys. So. And a lot of that, you know, the credit goes to Jason Light and the job that he's yeah. done both in the draft and in free agency. You know, Shaq Barrett was a free agent. Jason Pierre-Paul was a trade. Mike Evans was his very first draft pick. Uh, Chris Godwin was a third round steal. Antoine Winfield Jr., Devin White. Yeah, I could, I could go on yeah. and on. Yeah, I can list the starters on, on both sides of the ball, but he has done such a phenomenal job of of finding all this talent. And, and what's so great about him is when he misses, he moves on. He doesn't, he doesn't dig his heels in. We saw that with like Roberto Aguayo. You know, 
he got a lot of flack and a lot of hate for trading up for a kicker in the second round. But that was a position that had been a problem for this team for the last decade, ever since your Falcons went to um, to get Matt Bryant when the Bucks let him walk out the door. And, you know, they just kept going. They're like, we'll try to sign free agents. We'll try to draft guys. We're going to do whatever we can to fix this position. And it was Ryan Suckup, a free agent signing that – took over for a guy they drafted in the, it was either the fifth or the sixth round in Matt Gay um, that, that solidified the position and they brought him back. So, you know, Jason life for all the misses that he's had and show me a GM that, that doesn't have any, um, he really has done such a phenomenal job of building this roster. And it's, it's impressive to be in a position where we are talking about you're just drafting depth. You're drafting to develop guys for the future because this might be the most talented roster in all of football, and they legitimately have a chance to be the first team to repeat as Super Bowl champions. I I can't even remember how long it's been since the Patriots were the ones to do it, but it's been a long time. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, if we move on then, I think, you know, talking about the record next season, I know – you know, Super Bowl's got to be the aspiration. And I think that's clear. I think anything other than a sort of championship game is probably a failure, really. I mean, how do you see yourself going regular season-wise? It's a record, would you? Ooh, that's tough. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd kind of like to see how the schedule's laid out. Uh, just, you know, two yep. years ago, they had that horrendous stretch where they were on the road for an entire month. Um, obviously, they're going to end up getting the maximum amount of primetime games as – you know, a defending Super Bowl champion will. They'll have their opening game. But, you know, the, the real intriguing thing is we're waiting to find out if we're going to get that 17th game. Yep. You know, that's going to be voted on here soon. If that is indeed the case, the Bucks would actually be playing at Indianapolis against the Colts, Carson Wentz, Marlon Mack, uh, you know, Michael Pittman Jr., an incredible defense over there in Indianapolis. But you take a look at their schedule now, the toughest games – when you're looking at it, it's the Buffalo Bills. You know, Josh Allen is an insane talent. You know, they were so close to getting to the Super Bowl. I I would say, you know, they're I, – I would favor the Bills over the Chiefs uh, in the AFC heading into next year as we sit right now. Yeah, I, mean, um, I agree. I've got, Josh, I've got Josh Allen as my MVP candidate. I'll bet him to be the MVP. So, I think yeah, they are the AFC. As good as the Saints roster is – what's going to happen with their quarterback situation? Are we going to see the Jameis that we saw in Tampa for five years? Has he matured a little bit? Has he gotten a little bit better? Is LASIK the magic thing that's going to help him differentiate between his team and the, the opposing defense? Um, I think this is a 14 to 15 win team. You know, if we have a 17 game season, this is a 14 to 15 win team. You, you look at Indianapolis as a tough matchup. The Buffalo bills has a tough matchup. Uh, I'll, I'll still throw New Orleans in because their defense still is really good. I mean, Atlanta can cause them some problems. They did in the in the first half of that first meeting, and it took a really impressive comeback to turn around and win. But you know, I you could you could call a recency bias, but I think the Bucks are the number one team in the NFC. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, yeah, with I that. can't. I mean, I, I mean yeah, yeah, I can't. That you are the Super Bowl champs. You are the NFC champs. You know, like you are. You you have the target on your back. That's the best metaphor I can use. You know, so absolutely. Like I say we we just talked about everything that's gone on with this team, and like you say, depending on what happens with, even if there is a uh, extra regular season game, like you say, because that adds a difficult opponent in Indianapolis. You know, so but other than that, yeah, you can't 
like argue it, you know, that, that this team is fire, firing on all cylinders. They're, they're going to be even more fired up to start the year because every everyone is back. They've signed everyone. Jason Lutch has managed to get it done. Um, and yeah, other than the schedule, I mean, don't be wrong. I think like you said, you know, if you, if you just look at, you know, our division, I mean, as much as we're very hopeful in Atlanta, obviously we've got to accept that the fact that there's new coaching, there's new uh, front office, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could take a, it might not be next season, you know, we're, you know, that's another story for another time, but obviously they're in that situation. Carolina, you know, I think at the moment they're not really, unless obviously they were planning to get another Sean Watson, but with what's been happening with him in the news recently, obviously that's all up in the air. And I must admit, as much as the Saints defense is always been very solid, and Sean Payton is one of the best offensive minds in the league, you know, as much as it hates pains me to say it, it is true. Like he can make it work with a lot of guys. And that's why they think Jameis Winston with a year under sitting under Drew Brees and learning that system. It does sort of make sense that they re-signed him. I'm not like dis- disregarding them for re-signing him, but I'm not as sold on Jameis Winston, I think, as some people are. I think if anyone can make Jameis become and mature into a better player who you know, he, you know, the one thing he's got turned up, obviously, as you know, is, is the turnovers. You know, he was a turnover. He was turnover. He was a very turnover happy quarterback when he played. You know, when he played in Tampa. You know, yeah. he just he, he, that throwing picks. So if he can clean that up, it could be interesting in New Orleans. But I'm not entirely sold. So uh, you, you guys, to me, will definitely win the division. You're definitely favourites either way. And yeah, I mean, why isn't a 12 to 13 win? Uh, like I say, it could be possibly more to 14 in the season. I, you know, if anyone's going to have to knock them off, unless something horrible happens with injuries, sure. um, I can't. I can't see anything else. And you know, it pains me to say it, but it's true. You know, you have to accept the fact of what's what's going on. And yeah, it, it could be a um, it, like you say, could it be the first time you re, you know teams repeated in a while? I mean, you guys definitely have all the tools to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's it's made this off season. Uh, exciting and boring all at the same time. Cause you know, there's everybody's clamoring for these big name free agents and, you know, they want to get this guy and they want to get this guy and the bucks are like, we just want our own team back. And, yeah. and that's what we're going to do. That's what we're yeah. going to focus on. So, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of speculation as you know, are the bucks going to get this guy. And for years and years, you know, it was the bucks that were quote unquote winning in March uh, with, yeah. you can go all the way back to like signing Deshaun Goldson or, um, you know, the, these massive moves that they had made in the past and never really panned out. But last year they won free agency when they, when they signed Tom Brady, they traded for Rom Gronkowski and it just so happened that it, you know, played out on the field in the same, the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Massively, massively James. Yeah. Definitely the favorites come forward. Um, we'll cap it off there. Uh, really appreciate you coming on on our show and taking the time out to uh, to come listen to us. I say we're going for every team and it's been great speaking to everyone. It's been great chatting with you today. Really appreciate you taking the time to come out and talk to us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I had a good time. Awesome stuff. Uh, so guys, I'll be making sure to tag everything for James and Super Nation and the Bucks podcast for everything in the posts. So keep an eye out for that. Still got off-season talk episodes to come through now. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Take care, stay safe, and catch you next time.